to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts. We have uh, Tom Mannery. Hello. Yeah, myself, Josh Hartley. How, uh, how, how has the week gone, Tom? It's been a, it's been a quiet week for me, uh, mm-hmm. young Josh. Uh, it's been a quiet young, week. Wait, wait, young Josh? I mean, you're younger than me, so... Yeah, but don't, but there's not much in it. Younger Josh? <laughs> that sounds yeah. like there's another Josh, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one Josh. Only fact. one Josh. Me. Uh, no, it's good. Uh, it's been it's been a quiet week for me uh, on many fronts, uh, which has actually been nice in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm trying to kind of get. A, uh, I'm moving off shifts at work, so I've been trying to get back to a sleep pattern mm-hmm. uh, because I'll be working a nine five for the foreseeable. So, like I've I've been working sort of starting between ten and eight in the morning, so it's very variable, uh, mm-hmm. which makes having a sleep pattern that isn't fixed again up at eight very challenging so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to kind of shift my sleep pattern in the right direction so that would be nice uh, so that's actually been my focus this week is like get up make sure you get up don't lie in get up <laughs> how um how many hours sleep do, do you need um, I'm, always, I'm always interested by how people answer this i range from six to eight i would say okay uh, it, okay. I can I can function on six for quite a while, but then I will need like an eight hour sleep. Whereas as a general function, I, I run on seven on on average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, six is kind of like my upper. Really? Um, yeah, six six is what I typically get. Okay. Basically, uh, of, of solid sleep, I can function on four. It's not bad. Uh, I. Don't enjoy doing it. <laughs> I can I can do it, but like I, you, you hear some people who just sleep four hours a day. Yeah, and like that—that's insane to me. Yeah, I couldn't do that. No, no chance. Uh, I could do the odd time, you know, when when needs must. But I will suffer for it, and I will be mm. such an angry. If you think how I treat you on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> bad, right? Like, imagine that ramped up to eleven. If I'm on four hours sleep, have I? Have I? Have I? Been on the receiving end of sleep deprived, Tom, at some point. It must have been, right? You have been, yeah, everybody has, because I remember there's been a couple of times I've run games and I've been like, I got three or four hours sleep last night, so tread carefully. (laughs) (laughs) And we did not tread carefully. (laughs) No, we did not. Uh, those were the TPK days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, that's it, you're all dead. (laughs) Um, I suppose, uh, to, to turn it around, how are you? How has your week been? Yeah, grand. Thank you, grand. Um, gaming-wise, uh, it's not tabletop gaming, but it is related. I, I've been getting my teeth sunk into Warhammer Total War. Um, okay. Oh, it's so... It, it, Tom, it's so good. It's so, so good. I don't playing... like the eyes he's making at me. Just, just, you guys can't see it, but it's really unsettling. <laughs> I think it's, it's too good. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. Um, I oh. love it, and... Yeah, uh, I'm playing through a Lizardman uh, campaign at okay. the moment. I'm Mazda Mundi, so that is the only thing is I've, because it's my first proper campaign. I've set the difficulty to easy. It's oh. a little too easy, so um, 
I'm doing a co-op campaign with Stephen as the dwar- as Thorgrim of the Dwarfs, and uh, that's to normal, and that's a lot harder <laughs> than the like the di- the jump in difficulty from easy to normal is significant. So, I, I know you're not a big gamer as as a general rule, like a big mm. computer gamer. I will give you a little piece of advice though, and this this goes for our listeners as well. Once you are about eighteen years old, plus. You don't mm-hmm. play games on easy. You just don't. It's it's easy, and this isn't me being a gamer snob. Mm-hmm. Easy is for children. Like, it, I I don't play games on easy. I play it on default, normal. Like, and I'm not one of these people that's like play it on hardcore, play it on mega death. You know, I, I play a mm-hmm. game on normal because that's what it was designed to be played on. That is the de facto setting that it's played on. Yeah. I, I just went for easy because it's my first... I, it, not only is it my first like game of Warhammer Total War, it's my first Total War game. I have never played one of them before, so I didn't have a clue what I was doing. No, that's so. that's totally fair, and I get that. But I would still say, like even if you've never played one before, start on normal, because you'll learn, even if, even if you don't. I'll tell you a slightly unrelated but fairly funny story that always made me laugh. There's a, there's a game uh, called Devil May Cry 3, Right, so series yes. of games, quite quite a famous series of games, and Devil May Cry three starts on normal mode. Right, you mm-hmm. your options are like normal and maybe hard mode. You unlock mm-hmm. harder modes by completing it. If you die so many times, you unlock easy mode. Wow! <laughs> the game actually oh, takes, pity, takes on pity on you, you. and it's like <laughs> you probably you probably should play at this level. <laughs> wow. Man. It is the it happened to me and it is the sickest burn I have I was, ever because I was going to ask did, did did you get did you get uh, uh, oh, did yeah. you get uh, patronized by a video game It happened yeah. at the time I was I was living with a bunch of guys uh, all gamers and we we got Devil May Cry three and two of us were playing through it and we basically would do it was the old fashioned thing where you'd like trade the joystick off when when one of you died mm-hmm. uh, and. Me and the other guy I was playing it with got stuck on a boss and I was playing it and I died and it pops up saying you have unlocked easy mode and I have never laughed as hard but been so insulted all in one go. <laughs> I like the guy I was playing it with wouldn't let it go as well for ages, even though he had mm-hmm. contributed to it because it had happened to me. Uh yeah. Oh, so, of course it's your fault. Yeah. So yeah, don't uh don't ever start on easy mode. The game will tell you if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> the game will let you know. There we go. Right, uh, so news. News in tabletop gaming and tabletop gaming adjacent subjects. Let's start with, and I'll get the title right this time, The Legends of Vox Machina. Yes. Did I, did I, you got it right. Did I get that right? You got it right. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of petitioned for this to, to talk about today. So this is released... By by the airing of this, this will have fully released. It has released today on Friday when we're recording mm-hmm. uh, on Amazon Prime. I've spoke about this a few times. It's a kick. It was a Kickstarter. I backed it. Thousands, eighty-eight thousand people backed it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's the highest achieving Kickstarter in its field. Um, that was two, three years ago that happened. Mm-hmm. But this is it finally come out. They've partnered with Amazon. Uh, they've got an extra series out of it from Amazon as well. And the first three episodes are up on uh, on Amazon Prime now. Uh, so this is obviously Critical Role's animated show based on the exploits of the characters that appeared in the first season of Critical Role. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So myself and Ryan, who's been on uh, a couple of episodes before, uh, got to to sort of watch a, a little sneak peek of this. We got to see the first two episodes on Tuesday. This was like a backer reward. Um, mm-hmm. So we got to see a, like a uh, they did an online cinema thing, which was was really cool actually. Uh, and like it had little extra messages from the cast and stuff, which was a nice touch. Uh, but it's so good. Like it's so so good. Uh, like. I, I didn't ever think it wouldn't be good because it's got a great cast behind it, but you can just see the the passion coming through it. And I'm mm-hmm. going to be careful how much I say because I really don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, so I'm not going to go into any of the content or anything, but it is, it's really true to the show. It's not for kids. It is animated, but it is 100% not for kids on right. so many levels. Uh, but So like, what, are we 15 certificate? definitely 15 yeah i mean i don't know how certificates work these days it might even sneak into 18 probably not because it's animated but there's there's violence gore swearing language sex drugs you know pretty much uh everything all in Mm -hmm. in animated form uh so yeah really really good though really delivered on it uh so as i say we got to see this advanced screen and it's now going to be available for everyone from friday so you guys can all watch it if if you have amazon prime Go and watch it. Uh, even if you just watch the first two episodes, they're kind of standalone. So you can watch those two and make your mind mm-hmm. up on if it's for you. Although the third episode I watched today is is arguably better um, than the first two because it starts kind of a new storyline. Uh, it's just... I, I, I could just sit here and just keep saying it's good. Right? It's that's, great. It's great. Yeah, that's Love like, it so much. That's yeah. where my head is. <laughs> like me, me and Ryan had a... Uh, we couldn't hang out because of... Uh, health stuff but um we had an online sort of watch party uh and there's so many little easter eggs that like link back to the show anyone who's like got any foundation in D and things you'll see like little references to to things in that as mm. well um they do a nice job of like portraying how magic works and without doing spell slots they kind of hint at you know why people are maybe limited on how much magic mm-hmm. they can cast. Um, the combat's really visceral, nicely animated. There's a few, the, like the animation studio uh, aren't one of the top tier animation studios, but they're certainly a, a well-regarded animation studio. Mm-hmm. It's a company called Titmouse. Um, but it really does deliver. There's some scenes where it looks amazing. There's a couple where it could look a little bit better, but mm-hmm. you know, for what it is, it really delivers. Obviously the voice cast is amazing because it's, the critical role cast who are professional voice actors uh you know they got their their feet wet in voice acting um and they really deliver on it the story's really good really compelling characters are really interesting you don't need to know about critical role as well uh, or D. and i think this is one of the things that i really hope people give it a go and aren't like kind of going oh well i'm not interested in critical role I'm not interested yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if you enjoy things, if you enjoy fantasy of any type, if you enjoy just like mature animation, uh, you know things like that. And I don't mean hentai when I say that. Thank uh, you for clarifying, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. Well, it's worth saying, like, because yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was, I made a Facebook post about this earlier today, and when mm. I first wrote the Facebook post up, I said basically something similar to that. I said, if you enjoy fantasy. But when I first wrote it, I, I wrote, if you enjoy fantasy or adult animation, and I was like, that sounds like porn. Yeah. There's no way you could say that that doesn't sound like yeah. porn. So I've, I've, I've put it to mature animation with a caveat that it's not porn. 
so yeah, it is. You'll, you'll really enjoy it. Um, give it a shot. If you're even thinking about it, give the first two episodes a go. It's mm. an hour of your day. It's worth a watch. I am uh, going to a watch party tomorrow night. So I will report back on my feelings on the matter next week. I uh, obviously play D and D, but I have never, as 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 t- uh, to, to Tom's chagrin, I've never kept up with Critical Role. Whenever a new season of it comes around, so he's shaking his head there. Because I still so. remember you in my flat. So season one of Critical Role finished, and I was talking to you about it, and I said, "Oh yeah, season two's coming out soon," uh, and you went. Yeah, I think this might be where I get into it. No, nope. Crit- critical phrase might be. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't even try. I did. I I watched the first episode. Did you? Yes. They were in this. Uh, there, there, there was a combat in a circus, if I recall correctly. Okay, you did watch the first episode. Okay. Yeah, you doubting Thomas? I... Lit- literally. <laughs> Better than peeping Tom. Yes. There's a lot of bad things to No good to, things for Tom. No. <laughs> no handsome Tom. No. no charming Tom. No. Just yeah. Doubting and peeping. That's what you do. No, so I, I but the fact of the matter is I don't have um a grounding I'm, I'm not a fan of critical role. Like so I'm intrigued how I'm going to find it and uh, yeah I'd be really interested to see if people who aren't into either D&D or Critical Role get into it as well because yeah. that, that would be I mean I think there's enough people who are into D&D to, um, to uh, for, for it to be a massive success if it isn't already if, we are, if we're not even considering it a massive success already by the number of backers it got well, this is so. the thing, right? Like, they, they can't really lose with it. One, it's already funded, so they're not losing money on it. Two, it's eight. It's got eighty-eight thousand people behind it before anyone else even does anything with it. Amazon have put it on as featured billing as well, which I was, mm. I'm really happy about, but was quite surprised by it because I was like, they're they're really kind of putting their money where their mouth is here. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think if you're outside of the gaming circle. No way you're gonna have heard of this. Like if if you have no contact, you know your 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 average Joe, you know doesn't game, doesn't run in those kinds of circles, mm. and you see this random animated thing. My big fear is that because it's animated, people who don't know about it are gonna stick it on for their kids, and not pay attention to certificates and stuff. Yeah, gotta you gotta pay attention to that certificate. Yeah, I don't know, like because uh, there's other. Um, mature animations as we're calling them on things like Amazon Prime and Netflix but a lot of those for me look a little bit more mature so if you compare okay. the art style of we'll use Castlevania as an example so that was on Netflix Castlevania was the one I was thinking about yeah yes. so Castlevania looks more adult mm-hmm. on just just at a glance like it's a gloomier setting. The characters are drawn darker. They're more angular. It's more anime styled. This has a very cartoon look to it that really works for the show, and I think looks great. But it's bright and it's colourful and it's got mm-hmm. interesting characters. And if I was a kid, I'd be like, "Give me some of that shit," but without the S word thrown in. Uh, actually, probably with the S word thrown in. I was just uh, gonna say, let's not. Let's not lie here, Tom. <laughs> well, to be fair, I I didn't swear a lot until I went to probably secondary school, 
Like, mm. I, I was brought up, I mentioned in our previous episode, I was brought up in a, a very sort of Christian orthodoxy family. Swearing wasn't on the table, and I wasn't really around people who swore a lot uh, until I went to, to high school. I still remember the day my mum heard me swear for the first time because I got home <gasps> with a couple of my friends, thought my mum was out, and was swearing away downstairs. And my mum was upstairs and I didn't realise. And she came down and was like, really kind of like gave me the kind of harsh stare down and then laughed it off. So it was actually fine in the end. And then I just okay. went home normally after that. <laughs> like I broke it. Uh, yeah, the floodgates opened yeah. and a torrent of expletives just came forth out. from your mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I hope that doesn't do it any harm. And, and I think a lot of people will, will really enjoy this. Good, good. Moving on. Uh, the next uh, bit of news we wanted to talk about. It is, at the moment, the Las Vegas Open. Uh, so a big Warhammer 40,000 tournament uh, that's taking place. And as such, Games Workshop did a little bit of a stream. It was at 6 o'clock this morning, so no, Tom and I did not get up and watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but we have caught up with what has been revealed. So... What has been revealed? Well, if you're a Craftworld Eldar player, you're going to be real happy. Uh, a ton of stuff for them. Which, we were talking before we hit record here. I th- I like, And I, I said previously, I'm not, I'm not that keen on the Craftworld aesthetic, but I think some of these models look really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you seemed less impressed. Yeah, I mean, for me... A lot of these models, not all of them, but a lot of these are just they're, they're new versions of old models, right? They're mm. they're characters that that uh, are very iconic. Uh, the avatar of Kane being one of them. Who uh, back when I was a wee one was just known as the avatar, uh, mm-hmm. but for legal reasons that's probably quite difficult. Uh, so yeah, the the avatar Kane for me. At first glance, at least, is just a mm-hmm. bigified, slightly fancier version of the Avatar that has existed in a number of iterations now. What I do like about it, and I did say this to you as well, I do like the changeable heads that they've given him and the style of yeah. the heads that do kind of give it a bit of different characterization. So I do think they're kind of quite cool. Uh, is it Morgan Ra as well they've released? Uh, uh, the big goth boy. Yeah, the guy with yeah. the scythe. Like, that is and a, and a literal skeleton on his back. Yeah. So like <laughs> here's the thing with that model, right? At first glance, that is not that different to his classic metal model from when I played Eldar twenty mm-hmm. years ago, right? Which I kind of like. I, I I do like that they've they've taken the kind of classic aesthetic to it, but and, and I remember Ben and I have, have discussed this before, and I think me and you have, have mentioned it as well. He's just so busy. Like, yeah. It's, it's so, for such a simple, sleek model, you know, black cloak, skulls, he's just very, very busy. Um, I don't I don't dislike it, though. I actually quite like it. And then uh, the other one is the... Is it the Corsairs? Uh, are... uh, we got Shining Spears as well. Shining Spears, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've seen those yet. Uh, yeah, they're the aspect warriors that are on jet bikes. So oh, okay, okay, good to yeah. see a proper update for that model. I mean, what what this is all looking like is that the Eldar, and they are in need of it. Everyone knows they're in need of it. Is mm-hmm. they're getting a big over like overhaul to their range. 
Yeah. Um, which is well overdue. I do hope that, uh, particularly with the Aspect Warriors, so we've seen two of them now, and I hope they do the whole lot of them, mm-hmm. because um, Lord knows they're very old models currently, and um, they're very cool. It's a neat, it's a neat part of their uh, background. So it'd be, it would be great to see like the screaming banshees and striking scorpions done justice. You know, howling banshees. Was it howling banshees? Yes. Embarrassed myself there. Yeah. Um, shame. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. Like I think. For me personally, like as I said uh, a while back, Avatar, uh, Avatar, Eldar were one of my first armies. You know, the Avatar was a model I absolutely adored, mm-hmm. despite the fact it was a nightmare to build. Um, and well, it was it was a big metal model, and and it had like it was in that it was it was in that period of the nineties where it didn't matter which whether it was fantasy or forty k, and it didn't matter which faction you were playing. Every faction arbitrarily had like a large in like. In guy, yeah, like you had your Nagash, you had the horned rat, you yeah. had uh, the uh, king of the forest for the wood elves, Orion. Uh, it, Orion. Thank you. There we are. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and uh, the avatar was El- the Eldar one. <laughs> and the thing is, you had them right, and they were all a nightmare to build, right? Because mm. especially, like, and I know this obviously will vary depending on what age you were when these models came out, but I was a kid, right? I was a proper kid. I knew nothing mm. about things like pinning, supports. These were all things that w- were never mentioned to me. So I went mm-hmm. in with my my uh, metal avatar model and my uh, home bargain super glue and was like, this will oh, work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like the avatar has, uh, if you look at the old avatar model, his arm is extended directly in front of him, holding the mm. sword sort of parallel. Uh, so all the weight is on the wrist, holding a metal mm. sword flat. So he's holding it like outwards. It, I just remember how many times that fell off or broke off, and like it was just a nightmare. I'd go to tournaments at school and things, and I'd open it, and guaranteed the avatar's arms come off. Like it was, it was almost a meme before memes were even a thing, right? Like that's, that's how. That's when like, we called them jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was the same with all the big metal models. Like they always have. Orion had his spear up that was held out. That had fall off. Like just mm-hmm. if you didn't pin at a time when pinning wasn't like common knowledge in the hobby community because it just wasn't what it is now. It was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And nowadays. You don't even need to really need need to pin because there's no more metal models. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna uh, I was just gonna say it's a, a dead craft. Yeah. Now I loved pinning um, as well when I learned it. Thought it was the best thing. Really? Ever. Yeah, I pinned everything. <laughs> I, I have one model that I've done it on, and it's like a metal vampire lord with a lance. So I've had to pin his art, the the lance arm into the main body. I felt. I do. You, you, it, it's a bit like when you do something ever so slightly complicated on your PC, and you feel like a hacker. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm a surgeon like, now. <laughs> yeah, um, pro modeler. Yeah, just just for the benefit of our listeners, if you don't know what pinning is, it's a it's a. Sorry, yeah, term. we should have explained that. Uh, yeah, no, I just realised. Basically, it's when you've got a joint on a model that you need to connect. Uh, so it can be a, a shoulder into a, a shoulder socket, or it can be a, a, a hand into a wrist or whatever. And you basically drill into both parts. Mm. So you, you drill a, like a, a few millimeters into each side, and then you put a metal, a small metal uh, sort of uh, rod 
for want of a better term, mm. in and and use that to hold it in place. So it gives it uh, basically like a uh, a splint kind a bit of, thing of extra, su- yeah, a bit yeah. of extra support. And it's it was it it was essential for metal models because yeah. of the weight of each part. Um, you, I, I I've seen it done with a few resin models. Yeah, um, bigger resin models sometimes need it. Cause yeah, they, yeah. Um, but uh, you don't need to do it for plastic at all because of how plastic glue works. It just melts the plastic and fuses it all together. So yeah, uh, and plastic super light as well. So, but to get back to to our, our conversation piece about the the LA uh, Las Vegas Open, uh, the uh, the uh, yeah the Las Vegas Open reveal. Well, we've got we've got some others. Um, can I can I just interject for a moment? Oh, sorry. I said this to you before the stream, and I kind of want to before we get into the rest of this because I'm going to get quite positive at the end. But before that, I thought this was really disappointing as a, as an event, as a as an opener. And I, I know I'm bashing on GW, and I know it's the cool thing to do, but they really hyped this up over the last few weeks. Like they've mm-hmm. had a countdown on it and stuff, you know, like three days to go. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be like big. There's going to be some big. Re- like it's not all going to be big, right? But there's going to be mm-hmm. some big announcements. Someone's going to come out of this and people are going to be like foaming at the mouth. You know, it's going to be a Cursed City type, you know, level of excitement or a, a new, not necessarily a new edition, but like a cool new, you know, version of something. Mm-hmm. And there is part of that. And that's where I will get a bit excited. But for the most part, this was really a non-starter for me. Like you mentioned, we talked about this briefly before the, the stream and you said, obviously, Eldar players are going to be excited. And that's fair they are and they have every right to be but that's a very small portion of, of the hobby right to like come away from this excitement <laughs> had, had been had been big, uh, getting increasingly smaller by the year as well much like the Eldar themselves uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I can't, I get the sentiment um, I, well, well we'll go through the rest of the content and share our thoughts on that I mean you, you, you mentioned already there we got some Corsairs for uh, the new kill edition of Kill Team. They look neat. Yeah. Nothing else they to say on that. They're 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 cool. They're new, but that's about all I can really say about them. Yeah, we've got a new box set for uh, Warhammer: Age of Sigma named Arena of so- uh, Shades. This is going to be the Night Haunt versus the Daughters of Cain. And we're getting a couple of new models for each faction within that. They look cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Good talk, Tom. <laughs> right. um, like, they, got... are, they are two factions, right? I, I, my Age of Sigmar investment is minimal, right? And then they are two factions that I really couldn't care less about. Like, I find the right. Nighthorn really boring. Like it's ghosts, right? It's like your team is. Ghosts. Yeah, I quite, I quite, I quite like. I know you have a night on army, right? And I, I, I'm not yeah. bashing on you specifically for a change, uh, mm-hmm. but they're just it's just ghosts, right? It's like ooh, ghosts! How exciting! There's not really that much <laughs> characterization to it. The the daughters of Cain or sisters of, of Cain, eh? Okay, like that. They're they're fine. Like they're they're kind of interesting, but. Uh, yeah, there's nothing here that I was like, oh, that's so cool. It was just like, okay, that's mm-hmm. that's there. Sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. It's quite all right. Um, 
the uh, we've got a really cool looking demon prince for the Horus Heresy, which immediately takes it out of the equation because it's for a game that nobody plays, right? And I know there are fans of Horus Heresy, and, and if we got mail in, we'd get hate mail in about this. But like, I don't know anybody who plays Horus Heresy, and I know a good you number. Could, of you could use this as any sort of corn demon, though, right? That argument is the most annoying argument because you can use anything as anything, right? You can use a tumble dryer to heat up a baby, but you shouldn't. Right, right? Well, these are, these are fu- right. That is a, a massive false equivalence right there, okay? <laughs> this is a miniature that is designed to be a gaming piece, and I'm merely pointing out the fact that, that it would fit I know, into I know. 40k and Age of Sigma. So you take your tumble dryer and baby and you can shove it. I'm, I'm right? exaggerating. Shove it. The baby's been through enough. I'm exaggerating <laughs> for, for comic effect, right? My, my point is, if that was the case, why not release it as just a greater demon and make it accessible to everyone? Because it will have been designed by the folks at Forge World and therefore they have their little rule where it gets released as the Horus Heresy stuff i can guarantee you that that will be it the other downside as well is because it is part of that range you can guarantee the price is going to be pretty sky high on it uh yeah i mean the price is whatever it is so but it it's a cool looking model it is a cool looking model i will concede that much to you there you go you could take that and then and then we got um and then we got a new series for Warhammer Plus. How is your Warhammer Plus subscription? I don't have it. By the way. I don't have one. I thought you got one. I was Did going to get it? one. Yeah, and right. I, I discussed this on the episode. I tried for a day. I'm trying, well, I'm trying to remember. And I remember you having difficulty, but I, don't, I, I didn't follow up on it. No, I, so. tried, I tried for like a whole day because I was going to do it for, for talking about it on here. And I couldn't get signed up because their website was being a pain in the arse and it, it was just a point of failure it's an immediate point mm-hmm. of failure it's like it's it's your fast track to losing someone's interest is stop them accessing it at the point they mm-hmm. want to access it right so i was like trying to get on i had some free time and i've just not had that much free time since mm-hmm. uh or if i have I've, I've invested it into things i can actually access then and there <laughs> Uh, I will, I will get on it, and I will eventually subscribe to it because there is stuff on it I wanna, I wanna engage with, but it's just not, uh, it's not been as accessible as I would have hoped. Yeah. Uh, well, in contrast to the animated series that we were talking about earlier in the episode, I, I'm not, I'm not that interested in this. <laughs> I'll, should, do you want to talk about the thing that you were, you were excited for? You go for it. So, you, let's, let's hear this positive. Let's hear this Tom branded positivity. Thank you. So as much as I have I have bashed on this event, the one thing that I thought was really cool that they have announced was the new uh, expansion or, or version of Necromunda, uh, which is Necromunda Ashways. Uh, now, this is, to me, immediately sort of reminiscent of Mad Max and Borderlands. Like, if you watch mm-hmm. the trailer, you could honestly have that trailer be a trailer for a new Borderlands game. Like, it is stylistically not that far off. 
tonally not that far off. Uh, but this looks really, really cool, and it kind of heralds back to something we've talked about recently, which was Gokumunda. Gokumoka! Gokumoka, yeah, yeah. Gokumunda. That'd, that'd be a weird merging of games. Yeah, Gokumoka, uh, which was all about uh, vehicles driving around the desert, smashing into each other. And this Ash Waste is, uh, is described as Vehicular Mayhem awaits in Necromunda Ash Waste. So this is the biggest uh, expansion for uh, Necromunda in years, seeing intrepid gangs venturing into the far greater danger than the Underhive. Mm-hmm. Parched sands and poisonous sewage are the least of your troubles out here, as among the dunes live a hardened people, uh, uh, people hardened to the many perils of the outside world, and they do not mm-hmm. share their domain lightly. Uh, so great are the distances between hives that even the most athletic gang wouldn't get far on foot. So what vehicles can be scrapped together will serve your gang as well in the trials to come. Mm-hmm. I am really excited about this. Now, I don't play Necromunda, uh, but I have bought every single Necromunda box set that has released, not to play Necromunda, but because I really like the terrain that has been in them. Yes. And I really like the models for Necromunda. I just think they're really mm-hmm. cool. And if I ever run a, a, a Warhammer 40,000 role-playing game, which I would really like to do at some point in time, mm. albeit I would kind of want to do it in person, I thought obviously having a good range of gangers would be a good thing to have. Yeah. So they've been a nice model to kind of, a nice range to have for that reason because they're so uh, they're so cool and so distinctive. This is really cool. Like the prospect that individual gangs might be getting their own vehicles or there might be module, modular vehicles. We don't quite know how it's going to shake out yet. Um, the fact there might be new gangs that exist in this wasteland as well, which is kind of hinted at in in the blurb there. That's super cool. The fact that vehicular combat is going to become a thing means that we might see a kind of resurgence of Gokumoka in that format. Uh, Necromunda is a very well-regarded game with good reason, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that I don't play it. Um and I could play it if I want to. I've got more than enough to play it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it is a well-regarded game. I love uh, Sand Dunes. They're like one of my favourite terrain. My Gene Steeler cults are based on Sand Dunes. Uh, well, the, you're the opposite of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, I, 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 I love, love the sand. I do love the sand. <laughs> uh, I am, I'm, a, I'm a, a big uh, big sand person. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. He'll be back Tom, soon. Tom but in great enough. I have a big... <laughs> I, Tom Mannering, I am a big sand person, 2022. <laughs> Get me my Tuscan Raider outfit and uh, yeah. send me out into those dunes. I'm set. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I, I, I'm super... They've obviously only given us a very limited video, right, which is a little more than a tease at this point. But I'm super excited to see what comes of this. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, it's the first time I've kind of watched something from GW probably in the last six months that I've been like, okay... I mean, alright let's go yeah, I'm, yeah no I thought I, I thought it looked awesome uh, and I can't wait to see what they do with it because yeah. I, I like you I love the aesthetic of Necromunda and uh, I, I think they, they I, I've got high expectations for this so the thing is I've, I've said this in a previous episode but just to kind of reiterate it I don't like I, I, saying I don't like it's being a bit too harsh I'm not excited about the sides of the 40k universe space marines in power armor with these shiny vehicles not interested mm-hmm. you know eldar with fancy equipment and stuff it's cool but i'm not interested in it mm-hmm. tau with their weird politics and 
high-tech equipment and battle suits. Not interested in it. Like, scrub on the street with a snub pistol trying to survive in a world filled mm-hmm. with that stuff and more, I'm all in. Like, I yeah. love the underdog in 40k. I love the common man who has to exist with in a world with all that horror and nightmare and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And Necromunda is a very good example of that. Gene Steeler cults are a very good example of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I even like kind of the down and dirtier sides of the, the, the Imperium, you know, be it the Inquisition or the Imperial Guard and things like that. I, I would never play mm-hmm. Imperial Guard because Sack having an army with that many models and painting that many fatigues. No oh, man, it's all about the tanks. That too. But that see that's yeah. the thing, like that <laughs> that then takes it away from the, I the, see. the man on yeah. the street kind of thing. I I did a detachment of Imperial Guard for my Inquisition army and it was basically like penal colony and uh mm-hmm and militia and stuff like that because that's the stuff that I, I'm interested in and this is just my my take on it but stuff like this you know vehicles cobbled together out of scrap uh, you know out in the dunes that's so cool I'm I'm all in for that and and to call back to, to what I said to you earlier there's a lot of conversion opportunities there as well <laughs> yeah you're not wrong yeah you're not wrong so, you know, I, I might potentially, if this is a box set that comes out and it's got vehicles in it, I might look to see if I can repurpose them into some, some Gene Steeler cult stuff as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah, well, we'll keep you posted as and when we get more news on that. Um, but um, Hang on. I think we're coming... We have one more uh, thing. Sorry? We have one more thing. Skid marks! <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> A few uh, last year, we were uh, we we had covered the t- uh, Titans Terrain Kickstarter project, which was another series of pop up uh, terrain. And I think this is now going to be a thing because there is a new Kickstarter stuff called Squad Marks, which, as I very responsibly and maturely pointed out, sounds a lot like Skid Marks. Uh, so good marketing guys i don't know <laughs> like that's, but that's a it, branding thing more than it's well okay what whatever it, you shouldn't don't you shouldn't have called your thing squad marks <laughs> don't defend basically. them they're called squid marks <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's another uh, well it's not pop-up it is flat pack yeah. uh terrain so i think this is gonna be a continuation of a trend where we're gonna see kickstarters on uh cheap and like compact terrain. Uh, what? What? what you got a chance to look at it. What were your thoughts? The, the thing is, right? There's there's obviously a market for this stuff. You know, with like eight kickstarters coming out for it back to back. There's clearly mm-hmm. an interest in it. I don't get it. Like, I understand the there's a cost factor there. It's cheaper, but it's not that much cheaper. And I understand as well that obviously it's it's flat packs so you can pack it away and it saves space and in that regard I, yeah I think that's it's best yeah. like selling point and I do really. get that you know as someone who has a cupboard that is filled with terrain and just terrain I 100% get that mm-hmm. I understand the, the appeal of that but the other side of me is I'm like this feels like a step backwards right I was looking at this and I was just reminded of the second edition 40k box set that came with the cardboard oh, ruins. Oh, yeah, with the little cardboard yeah. ruins. And I was yeah. like, we had this. We had this years ago. Okay, it wasn't flat pack, 
but it was just cardboard terrain, right? And like the the old Gorkamoka fort as well, that was that was uh, cardboard as well. You know, we've had cardboard I've, terrain. Yeah, I've still got a bunch of the cardboard terrain from Mordheim. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but that's still, and it looks neat, but yeah, whenever I've had it on a tabletop, I've been like. Loads of things look so much better than this now. <laughs> I think the issue for me, back in the day, when models were quite flat, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, they were, even when they were good, you know, because that was how sculpting was at the time. Models were quite mm-hmm. flat, they were quite small as well, comparatively, mm-hmm. you know, and and things were just simpler, right? You played on a, a green sheet with your cardboard terrain and your mm-hmm. basic models. You didn't have washers or anything like that, so your, your painting was usually quite flat as well. It was fine, but we live in a world of contrast paints and washers and models that are, you know, eight inches tall and, Mm -hmm. you know, very intricate, very cool three-dimensional terrain. So if you have a board set up with, you know, these cool battle mats, cool models painted in other styles, and then you pop down cardboard terrain that's, you know, pretty much two-dimensional, it just, it loses something. It doesn't look as cool. And I understand if there's a cost factor, there's a functionality factor, there's a, a storage factor involved. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's the case, fair play. You know, you do you. You've got to do what you've got to do. But doesn't doesn't sell it to me. Yeah, well, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. Um, anyway, we will post link for uh, Squad Marks should you want to check it out for yourself and uh, back the Kickstarter. Plenty of time to to get in on that. And on that note, before we sign off, uh, we just want to remind everyone about our Patreon as well. Um, as we keep saying, you know, it, it's not free to, for us to run this, so we're very grateful for uh, those of you who choose to uh, donate either, even as little as uh, a pound a month. Every little bit helps and uh, uh, helps us uh, keep going. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And on that note... Uh, That's all we've got time for. So until next time, guys, take care. Bye. Bye.